surgical, almost like a surgical room. God is performing some fantastic works right now. Precision touches. Like a master surgeon, he's taking care of some of your needs right now. Things inside you, you don't even know are there. That's how great his ability, how deep his love. Come on, across the building, corner to corner. Let nothing distract you for a moment. Let's just praise Him. Just, just worship Him today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. He is jealous for you. He says in His Word that He is a jealous God. He'll have none before Him. He's made you first. and He requires the same from us. Lord, we come to you today knowing full well that nothing good can happen here lest you move among us. Even now, Lord God, you're anointing this altar area. Even now, God, with the tears of brothers, you're ministering to this congregation. It's not the oil that comes from a bottle, but it is the sweet anointing of your presence ministering to our hearts and touching our lives right now. Got some needs I want to share with you today while God is moving and let you know that God is going to take care of your need as well. Sister Maxine Leeson is home now recovering from shoulder surgery. Keep playing if you would guys for just a moment. Just something soft. I don't think God is done yet. But Sister Maxine is home right now recovering from shoulder surgery she's had a complete replacement in there and she needs our prayers as she's recovering then sister Jean Ridenauer she's in St. John's right now found that out just seconds before I walked into Sunday school this morning she's got fluid in one of her lungs and they're going to keep her three or four days so please pray for her pray for Bob everybody knows how much he loves his bride pray for him if you would today continue to pray for Sister Debbie Tucker, she needs a touch in her body. I saw Brother Harold come in. Brother Harold, we're still praying for you, sir. Sister Missy, great job in Sunday school. We're still praying for you. Asking God to complete that which he has begun. My heart has been very heavy today. When we were seeking God's direction for our lives, we went and spoke to a church in Sykeston, Missouri. Since we got there, I knew that wasn't where God was sending us, but going there I met a gentleman who's got a little boy by the name of Marshall Marshall is now seven years old but at the age of three they discovered an inoperable brain tumor this tumor is one of the nasty kinds it's webbed through his brain tissue they cannot remove it by surgery for the last two years as your pastors we have watched as he's just gone downhill and downhill and now that little seven-year-old boy last night he was life-lighted to a big hospital in St. Louis he's in a bad way my heart has been heavy for them today that family has stood beside their baby and loved on him and is there anything more precious than our little ones so we're going to pray for our saints we're going to pray for this baby we're going to ask God to touch in an awesome way and you know he is jealous for us, but I'm jealous for his presence this morning. I want him to move here today. 
Would you just join hands with someone there beside you and let's pray for these needs, how great they are. You see someone sitting alone, move to them if you would. Let this church be a place where no one stands alone. Father, we come to you today <laughs> marveling God at your awesome power and the endless depths of your love. Lord, we come to you today because you are our God. There is nothing before you. <laughs> Lord, God's come pretty cheap in this world, but you are the one true God. To you we cry out for the needs that we bring to this altar area today. Lord, I pray you'd touch our saints, those who are going through a battle. Your word, God, says all who believe upon you, all who make you their God, accepting your Son as their Savior, they are your saints. And Lord, you see the afflictions in the bodies of your saints. Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus. Oh, what a name. In the name of Jesus, that Lord, you'll heal them completely. That which you have begun, you will finish. Whether it be a knee or a shoulder or a leg, Lord God, you know what the situation is. God, completely restore and return strength to them, I pray. By the stripes laid upon my Savior's back, I know that healing's been paid for. And then, Lord God, for babies and those needing direction, those needing comfort, God, touch little Marshall. Lord, touch our, youth, our children's pastor, Pastor Tom. He's weary, God, and he keeps pushing on. He keeps working on. Lord, some battles, they don't seem to have an end. Lord, some nights you can't even see the coming of the sun. But, Lord, we know that right before the sun rises, it's at its darkest point. <laughs> God, heal that little boy. Heal them in such a way, Lord, that the news has to be notified. Doctors say we couldn't have done this. That they actually have to put on those reports, dear God. Act of God. Bring glory to your name that way. Touch our children's pastor. Give him strength, Lord. And for all who have need, all who are going through a financially a dramatic, a stressful time, Lord, speak peace to their seed. And they can walk upon it in power and strength, knowing you've got this. And Lord, touch us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Across the congregation, would you just slip up a hand and thank him right now? Thank him because your deliverance, your healing is on the way. It has left the hand of God, and it is coming for you right now. Whatever you prayed for, it has left the hand of God and is on the way to you right now, I said. Healing is coming. Deliverance is coming. Restoration is coming. And we give God the glory. We give God the praise. We thank God today. Amen. I said we thank God today. Amen. I want you to turn to your brothers and sisters and love on them for a second. Just love on one another. We sing that one more time. He is jealous for me. And I mean, that is the most perfect song for this word today. Amen. You may. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I haven't been loose to preach just yet. Let's just worship him for a moment, church. Hallelujah, Lord. Whatever it is you're doing today, God, go ahead and do. Whatever it is you're doing today, God, go ahead and do. Just be patient, church. I don't know what God... I told uh, 
I pray with Pastor Tom and Pastor Kyle every Sunday morning before service, and I said, I don't know what God's going to do today. I feel very something, un very something strange and unusual in this place today. And I don't think we're under attack. I, th I think just God is moving in a new direction upon this congregation. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We are a Pentecostal church. We believe in tongues and interpretation and the movement of the Holy Spirit. You want to pray in tongues, you go right ahead. You go right ahead. You let Him speak to you and through you. No telling what He's up to today. Hallelujah. 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 I do have a, a prophetic word, and I don't do this lightly, but I feel God saying it to me. And I want to say to my wife, and I want to say to Sister Megan, we need to pass this along to Sister Tara. God's going to do something new in our pastor's wives in the days ahead. He's going to take you to a new level that you feel like you can't do. He's, he's going to give you talents and abilities you do not believe you possess. You possess them. But you get fearful about using them. and God's going to stir that up. I just see a cake of bread rising it rises God has put the yeast in you it's not going to go dead it's going to rise and great things are coming in our pastor's wives first assembly this congregation will be blessed by what God is going to do in these three ladies God's going to bless the women God's going to bless the children God's going to touch this congregation hallelujah If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Philippians, the first chapter. Philippians chapter 1, and in just a moment I'm going to start reading from the ninth verse. Hallelujah. Oh God. Oh God. Let me tell you something. Some of you right now, I know what you're thinking. I'm feeling it. Right now you're saying, I, I don't feel it. We don't go by feelings. There are days when the world is falling apart. I can't go by feelings on that day. There are days when everything that could go wrong goes wrong twice. I can't go by that feeling I'm having that day because I don't know about you, but some days I'm frustrated. Some days I'm absolutely angry. But a moment ago, as, as our praise and worship team was saying, he is jealous for me, I got to thinking about the word jealousy. Jealousy is consuming when you're jealous, you can't stop thinking about what someone else has that you don't. The Lord says, I am a jealous God. He will not allow you to have another God before Him. He has given so much to you. We get jealous when our neighbor has a new truck or a nicer vehicle, than, or a nicer house than, than we have. And, uh, why? Do we not count the blessings? God is jealous for you. He wants you above all things. And so you may not be feeling it right now, but you tell the devil you're not going by feelings. You're going to get in and you're going to receive the word of God today. Other people are being touched and you think, man, why am I not being touched? You are. You just don't know it yet. He is jealous for you. You know, in our lives, we pray for a lot of things. Amen. 
Oh, yeah, we do. Oftentimes, we pray for a lot of wrong things. Even believers who are not Christians, and, and listen, you, you can be a believer without being a Christian. You understand that, right? There's a lot of people out there that believe, but they don't want to give their life to God. They believe in the higher power. Let me tell you something, the higher power believes in them. He is God. He is the God, the one and only God. And even non-believers who believe, or even non-Christians who believe, they will call on God asking for His favor in getting what they want. God, if you'll just give me this. Lord, if you'll just help me to win the lottery, I'll... The list is endless. We all pray for things we do not need. How many of you have a house full of things you do not need? We all ask God to do things for us that are not beneficial for us, but praise His holy name that He is wise, He is omniscient, and He doesn't do all the dumb things we request. But listen to the prayer of Paul as he writes to the church of Philippi. These words are like prayer poetry. Philippians 1, starting with verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Would you pray with me this morning? Because I have no idea where God's taking us. Lord, in this we pray. Father, we ask today that you would just have your way. Lord, you don't have to do things as we've done them before, however you want to do them. Father, we submit to your power and your wisdom. We submit to your direction. If you'll agree with me on that, church, this morning, say amen. I want you to hear how beautiful this is. We're going to look at Philippians again, this time from the Living Bible, starting again with verse 9. But this is, this is just, like I said, prayer poetry. Paul says, my prayer for you is that you will overflow more and more with love for others. And at the same time, keep on growing in spiritual knowledge and insight. For I want you to always, for always to see clearly the difference between right and wrong and to be inwardly clean, no one being able to criticize you from now until our Lord returns. May you always be doing those good, kind things that show you are a child of God, for this will bring much praise and glory to the Lord. I have failed him so many times, and I am ashamed of those times I have been fleshly. I am not ashamed to admit I did those things, so that as I improve, as I strive to put on the mind of Christ, his name can be lifted up as people see the changes in me. I want to tell you, there are some people in this congregation that I have heard who you used to be. But God is so good, I can't even fathom that. I can't even imagine that. I'll call on a couple of my board members when I hear Harvey talk about who he used to be. Uh-uh. When Jeremy talks about way, the way he used to behave, no. 
when our mighty man of God is up here leading praise and worship, and he talks about where he was. Uh -uh. You see, the shame of who we used to be becomes the glory of God of who we are now. The way he transforms us and the way he changes us, the way he improves us, that's just who he is. It is to His glory these things happen. People can witness the improvement of your walk in Him knowing it is only by the Holy Spirit that a man or a woman can go from what they were to someone who resembles Jesus. Last night Andy went to his senior prom and we took all kinds of pictures. He looked sharp in his tux and we were very proud. And I'll tell you, I, I told some folks if I had one, I had 20 tell me, Man, you can't deny him. Now, Andy may not like that, but I was very proud of that. Because I think to myself, this is my child. And that's how you are. When you're little, you may not look that much like your father. But as time passes on and you walk with him, you begin to look more and more like him. It is the transforming ability of Jesus Christ. Our youth pastor who's overwhelmed in the presence of God today. I can't imagine who this young man used to be. This is the power of God. You see, even pastors, ministers, evangelists, Sunday school teachers, deacons, and great book writers, no one will ever get it all right. There's no way. No one. There's only been one perfect man in the history of humanity, and he was God become flesh. Everyone else is just flesh, trapped in flesh while battling that same flesh. We have an earthly mind that sometimes lacks self-control, can be selfish, self-centered. And because of this fact, we all, we all are battling against our own nature to become more like that one perfect man. Paul knew this because even he struggled with himself. Hear me, church, I'm preaching really what God wants me to say today. Your greatest enemy is not the person who disappoints you. Your greatest enemy is not even that demon himself. Your greatest enemy is that person who looks back at you every day when you look in the mirror. The one that is tempted by the desires of selfishness. The one who is pulled by their own flesh. That is your greatest battle. We all fight this fight unless we are self-deceived because in self-deception we think, no, I've got it under control. You never have it under control. It is by the grace and power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you're able to hold off that flesh because the way we serve the Lord is not the way the flesh wants to serve the Lord. Paul said it very clearly that what I do is not what I want to do, yet I do what I don't want to do. He was talking the same as you and I. I don't know why I did that. So Paul said, and this I pray. Ooh, Brother Larry, that struck me so strong that I got out every Bible I own in my church office and I underlined that phrase. And this I pray. What did he pray? Well, first and foremost important for any church, he prayed that they would be unified in love. Oh, people can join together for a lot of negative reasons. People can be passionately ugly about anything. 
Christians can unify to split a church. But if we are united in love, well, nothing bad can come from that. If it's love-based, love will correct itself when it starts to go wrong. Love will seek forgiveness. Apologize even if the wrong is gray with just a difference of opinion. How many of you know we have differences of opinion and there's no sin in that? Paul's prayer for the Philippians was for a love that would result in a greater knowledge of Jesus and deeper insight, the ability to discern morality in the day they lived in. And oh my goodness, could we not use that today? This world has gotten ugly. I thought it was ugly when I was a kid, but it just seems to outdo itself every day. We live in a culture that loves to tell us that if we do not embrace every lifestyle, then we're preaching hate and intolerance. Loving discernment, my friends, is not judgment, but rather the ability to see the self-destruction of doing anything and everything the flesh wants to do. I would love to eat nothing but cheeseburgers, fries, and drink milkshakes. Glory to God. But that's not good for me. We all understand that. If we believe in the Bible that we know what is right and wrong and without pointing fingers, we must lovingly reject anything society embraces that conflicts with the Word of God. I hope you're hearing me today. This love is not based on feelings, but on the knowledge of what Jesus has done for us. What Jesus has done for us. As you grow in His love, your heart and your mind must grow together. Ask yourself today, is my love and insight for my church growing or has it plateaued? Am I pulling back or backsliding? Be very careful. Paul also prayed that the Philippian believers would have the ability to differentiate between right and wrong, good and bad, vital and trivial. Well, we get worked up on some trivial things, don't we? Oh, we get so upset over the little bitty know-nothing nonsense junk. And the New Living Translation, verse 10 says, For I want you to understand what really matters. Now, if there was ever a word for the church, we often get so caught up, so angry over nothing, and that's in our society and in the church. Watch the news and see if I'm not right. People will have a fit over the views of someone famous from Hollywood and ignore the view of their neighbor. We protect the whales and birds, but we murder unborn children in the name of convenience. What really matters? What really matters? Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful that God made every special turtle, but He made children as well, and we've got to know what is important. That cannot be allowed to happen in the church. Are you hearing me? We cannot do that. We must not argue, fuss, or fight about the color of the carpet, the use of the facility, or who gets the most attention on the platform. We have a world that is lost and going to hell. They must see a difference in the church than what they see on Facebook. We ought to pray for discernment so that we can maintain our Christian morals and values. That we don't bend a knee to popular culture. Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food is for the mature, 
who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish or discern good from evil. When I was a sectional presbyter, I saw church folks that made me wonder if they were even born again. Church folks, fights inside the church, fights against the pastor, even fights against doctrine. It was the first time in my life that I wanted to see churches shut down. Such was my distaste over what I was witnessing. I worried about what their witness was doing to the message of this gospel. Because hear me, friends, if we do not have loving unity in this place and the ability to know what is important and what is not important, and someone who is lost comes through those doors and they start to serve God, but then over time we whittle them down with our junk. We load them down with the weights of stupid things. And they go out of those doors never to serve the Lord again. I dare say that a lot of their blood is on our hands. Preaching too hard for somebody today? No apologies. Paul said, I want you to live this way until Christ returns. I fear we no longer expect Jesus to return. And I don't know how you could read the Word of God and not see He's coming soon. My goodness. If we do believe He's coming soon, I don't know that we live like it. If we truly believe Jesus was coming soon, I bet then we'd change our priorities. We've all seen the movie, read the story, some kind of version, where someone knows they're about to die. And all of a sudden, in that limited time they have left, they go out to try to make sure that everything is right between them and the ones they care for. They go out and they try to do the good deeds they wish they had always done, but had forsaken for so long because they were busy. If we truly believe that Jesus was coming back today, would we not be out more dedicated? Would we not be getting the garbage out of our lives, the things that shouldn't be in our refrigerator or on our DVR? Would we not be out witnessing to those we know are lost? If we really believe that Jesus was coming back, would we be sitting on our backside and just saying, praise God while we live like He doesn't even exist? I don't think so. I don't think so. I bet we wouldn't spend more time at the lake than at the altar if we believed Jesus was coming. If we believed Jesus was coming, we'd have no problem giving because we know it's not going with us. Hey, maybe the folks who won't give are folks who know they're going to need it after the rapture takes place. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably get a letter about that one. We have to live every moment of every day with the realization that Jesus could return at any minute. That's not asking you to be perfect, but weigh your actions, choose your words. Kenneth Hagin is credited with first saying, make your words sweet and tender just in case you have to eat them. That's wisdom, folks. Philippians 1.11, Paul said, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, those good things that are produced in your life by Jesus Christ. Now, if you come to church on Wednesday nights, not long ago I covered the fruits extensively. Paul spoke of that fruit in his letter to the Galatians. We call it the book of Galatians. It was Paul's third letter and undoubtedly had been hand-copied and distributed to most of the churches he had contact with. The book of Philippians is his fifth letter, and he makes reference to those fruits. So it leads me to believe that those letters had been passed around. 
passed around. Good news travels fast, even though bad news travels faster. And it gotten around. Those fruits are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and one we need today, self-control. If you have those fruits at work in your life, people will know just by being around you. I'm going to say something very straight and from the hip today. It's not in my notes. But if you're a person that everybody knows is quick to lose their temper, there you're also a person who knows you have a, trouble, a, a problem in your walk with Jesus Christ. They know this. When you have the fruits at work in your life, there's something unusual about you. You're not like everyone else. And Paul pointed out, against such things there is no law. You see, back in that day, believers lived in fear of death for preaching Jesus. But living like Him, having this fruit that can be seen, there's no law against that. I'm here to tell you, for some of you, you've been wondering, how do you reach your loved one? How do you reach your co-worker or your classmate? The way you do it is you live so much for Jesus that there's so much of Him in you that people will ask you about it. How do you... Man, I couldn't. How can I be like you? Against such there is no law. Against such there is no law. Listen to me, church, as I close. There is no other way for us to gain this fruit of righteousness than through Jesus Christ. The Bible is the original and only eternal self-improvement book. Give yourself to Jesus, hear me, and He will improve you in ways that Tony Robbins and Joel Osteen wouldn't even touch. They couldn't compare. Paul said, in this I pray, so that your lives will bring much glory and praise to God. If there was ever a completely non-selfish prayer, this is it. Paul's prayer was the second best I've ever heard. And I'm not saying in itself it is the second best prayer ever offered. I mean, after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, everything else is just subjective to taste. No, what I mean is his motivation, his purpose, in what and how he prayed. He prayed for those believers in Philippi so they could live a life that would present Jesus in just the way they lived and conducted themselves. Wouldn't it be fantastic if someone knew where you went to church, not by your church t-shirt, but by the Jesus they saw in you every day? Because you see, I saw that in Larry Jolly. You act just like him. And, you know, it reminds me of another plumber I met. His name was Verley. They lived the same way. It was amazing. They talked the same. They loved the same. It was hard to get under their skin. That also reminds me of this guy I know named Richard. There's just something about living for him that people can identify. Wouldn't that be better than a bumper sticker? Wouldn't that be better than a new sign? It's the sign that inside you is someone that is so awesome. You want to be like them. You want to reflect them. That's Paul's prayer. He wasn't, this wasn't a prayer so that he could be proud of what he had taught them. No. Or that they would be associated with him. No. It's not that kind of thing. I don't want people to know you go to this church because we're proud. I want people to know you go to this church because this church is a place where folks are honestly and earnestly with everything they have in them, serving Jesus Christ, holding nothing back, 24-7, 365, and even on leap year. They're serving Him. 
He prayed that they would live that way so they could bring much love and glory to Jesus. How do you beat that? Well, since you asked, in Luke chapter 23, 31 and 32, Jesus told Simon Peter, Simon, Simon, said it twice. He wanted to get his opinion, get his full attention, I should say. Indeed, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. Folks, that is the greatest motivation of a prayer ever. Can you imagine Jesus praying for you in your daily battles and struggles with our enemy? Think about that. Sister Angie, you get up one day and your hands are hurting. And your faith is kind of shaky because you've been praying for those hands for a while. But then you remember at the right hand of God. Jesus is sitting there and he's going, Father, give her strength today. She's going to have a tough day. Her hands are going to be beat up from the typing she's got to do. Give her strength today. Church, I'm here to tell every one of you, from corner to corner, front to back, it's exactly what he's doing. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Listen to this. He, sa it, uh, he says, uh, I'm at the right hand. Can you imagine? He said, I'm praying that your faith will hold strong even when you mess up. It's there, church, if you read between the lines that you know there's a whole story to come. He said, my prayer is your faith will hold fast even after you mess up so that you can get back up and be a strength and an example to your brothers and sisters. Hear me right now. One of the great things about people like our youth pastor or our board members or those of you who were once so far from God is that when you get up, and you leave all of that junk behind and all the old trash that you used to wear has been thrown aside and now you're a new creation. My God, people see that in you and they are drawn to Him that the very horrible thing you once were is now the glorious testimony of the power of God in a life. He is good and He is making you better and one day we will be united because let me tell you, I'm not done, don't you clap. I'm not trying to build up to some kind of crescendo. Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 13. 33 says, what shall bring a charge against God's elect? That's you. Who can do it? Who can say, oh, they're hypocrites? Who can say they're not really living for God? Who shall bring that charge? It is God who justifies. It's not that you're living better now. It's not that you say your prayers now. Little kids say their prayers and they have no idea what they're doing. Oh, no, no. Who is it he who condemns us? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the life, the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's at the right hand of the Father even now. And he's saying, Lord, watch out for Kevin. 
The devil wants to get him today. The devil wants to break him. The devil wants to snap Nick and try and lead him away. But Jesus is at the right hand of the Father saying, Don't let it happen. Give them the strength. Let them remember what I have done for them. Let them remember that I paid the price. That I took their cross. That I love them so much. That I gave everything that they don't have to give but one thing. And that is their heart. Hallelujah. Even now. Hallelujah. Jesus is praying at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession. It doesn't matter if you're the dirtiest dog on the planet. He loves you and He's still standing in the gap for you just as He did 2,000 years ago. Nothing you can do, nothing you can say or think will stop Him from loving you. All you need to do is call on Him and make Him the Lord of your life and He will forgive any and all sin. Don't ever sit there and let the enemy tell you, well, you don't know. Ha! There is nothing that man has the power to do that can overcome the power and the love of Almighty God. Nothing. 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 You'll be shocked how He will change your priorities. And how others will see how your life has been changed. And like that, you'll answer Paul's prayer and bring praise and glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. How about it? Paul said, and this I pray. If we're unified in love, we won't walk by feelings, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And He will guide us to know Him better. If we focus on what really matters, we won't be rotten brats, but we'll be the mighty children of God who know what's important. And we do these things day in, day out, sunshine and rain, and then look out. Because the promise of this book is God will add to the church daily. You know, not everybody's going to come to this church. You realize that? <laughs> Not everybody's going to like the music we have. Not everybody's going to like that bearded, shouting, spitting dude. But I got news for you. And no matter what people say, I know it's true. Everybody will love Jesus. His kindness, his forgiveness. The way he accepted the rich, the poor, the prostitute, and the judge. Everybody likes Jesus. <laughs> I think about his trial. How he's there and he's been tried. The Romans go before the people and say, I can find no fault in him. He's been accused and he doesn't defend himself. He has been slapped around and mocked. And he doesn't even rebuke his mockers. I can find no fault in him. What am I saying is because the Lord will add to the church daily. Daily, daily, daily. What does that mean? It doesn't mean first assembly of God. It means the church. That's every born again believer who calls upon his name. <laughs> that means anywhere you go, Jesus Christ is there. Whether you go into Walmart, and I'm telling you, Walmart needs some Jesus. Oh. Whether you're on Facebook, and Facebook really, really needs 
really, oh, really need some Jesus. Whether you're on the golf course or whether you're in a movie theater, whether you're eating dinner at home or whether you're eating dinner out, every place you go needs more Jesus. This church needs more Jesus. Let me tell you something. You can't mess up so bad. <laughs> you can't screw up to where he'll quit loving you. He never says, oh, I'm done with that one. He says, I love them, and I will leave the 99 for the one that has drifted away. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment today. Oh, God. And this I pray. Right now, Jesus is praying for you to make the right decision. The Holy Spirit is whispering to your soul to call upon Him and watch how everything will change for the better. I did not say it would be easier. But even in bad days, with your focus on Him, you will be better. You, yes you, can give your heart to Jesus today and live a life that will live people, live, leave people awestruck by the way He changes you. You say, well preacher, I've done it before. Do it again. Keep doing it until it sticks. If you have to come back 99 times, who knows, that 100th may be the last and it'll hold, you'll hold, you'll be a person that draws people to Jesus. Father, God, thank you so much for this word. Lord God, if no one else has been encouraged, I have been encouraged. <laughs> and this I pray, Lord, my prayer, that God, someone in this very moment has looked in deep. The enemy has been telling them that they've messed up too much, that they've made too many mistakes. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, you tell them that devil is a liar. All they need to do is call upon you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've got to get things right with Jesus. I don't care if you've never called upon him or you have and you've slipped back. It doesn't matter. You're here today and you just, you want to make a new commitment to him. If that's you, slip up your hand right now. Come on, slip it up. <laughs> There's one. There's another. Is there another? Come on, two hands already. Anybody else? You can slip it back down. Anybody else? Come on. I watched as I was preaching this. Some of you were crying harder than me. You know what comes against you. You know how it works on you. The devil beats you up. And let me tell you something. Today can be a new beginning for you. There's no judgment here. My goodness. You can come every time I preach and I'm going to be just as excited. 